Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Congratulations to Ford. They have just patented the first self-driving car that repossesses itself. Well, they've patented the technology. (laughs) That's nice of them. So if you miss a payment, it's going to drive itself back to the old car lot. Uh, I would think that that could already happen, but apparently not. Now, the newly awarded patent describes a car self-driving back to the showroom or a scrapyard if the owner does not answer messages about their delinquent account. Yes, uh, yes, that's correct. You heard me. Back to the car, the showroom, or a scrapyard. It says, eh, if the car's got high mileage, uh, you know... It'll drive us off to the scrapyard to be recycled. Oh, oh, okay, great. I just I missed a payment. Yeah, tough. Uh, we're, we went ahead and smashed it for you. Don't worry about it. Thank you. Now they claim that they will give you a little leeway. Uh, they said that uh, they what 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 they'll do first is they'll disable some comfort features. They'll play some noises inside the car and limiting where the vehicle can drive. And then if all else fails and you still haven't made your payment and got all caught up, well, then they're going to have no choice but to either drive it back to the showroom or to the scrapyard. So here it comes. Make sure that you purchase purchase a car that doesn't have the self-driving repossess feature on it, which I'm sure every car of the future will have. Make your payments. Welcome. Or learn how to disable the feature. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. A new study out reveals obesity is far more dangerous than previously reported. I mean, it's been reported that uh, us fat people are horrible human beings. And uh, so I don't know how much more dangerous it can be. But according to a new paper published in the Journal Population Studies from the University of Colorado Boulder, and I love getting my copy of Journal Population Studies from the University of Colorado Boulder. Man, I just dig right in. So people who are obese or carry excess weight face a risk of death anywhere from 22 to 91% higher than those at a healthy weight. Existing studies have likely underestimated the mortality consequences of living in a country where cheap, unhealthy food has grown increasingly accessible and sedentary lifestyles have become the norm. That's what the study's author and sociology professor Ryan Masters in the university press release said. This study and others are beginning to expose the true toll of this public health crisis. Well, then why don't you let us get the drug the weight loss drug oh that's too hard to find and that's just for people who have diabetes so you can't take it for weight loss so sorry about it 
Masters examined data from nearly 18,000 individuals between 1988 and 2015 from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. Analyzing the body mass index, the BMI of individuals over time, allowed Masters to counter deficiencies in the popular index that fails to capture the overall depiction of health. It isn't fully capturing all the nuances and different sizes and shapes the body comes in. It's reflection of the stature at a point in time. After adjusting for those biases in BMI, and I've been a... I've been an arguer for about the biases in the BMI forever. He found that people carrying excess weight had far worse mortality outcomes than previously known. For groups born in the 70s or 80s who have lived their whole lives in this obesogenic environment, the prospects of healthy aging into older adulthood does not look good. At the same time, testosterone levels have fallen across the board in an environment saturated with endocrine-disrupting chemicals. Endocrine. Endocrine-disrupting chemicals. Say that right. Uh, The maximum range used to identify men with low testosterone has fallen by 42% in the last decade as low T becomes the new norm. For men, testosterone is the primary sex hormone regulating metabolic function yes we're almost men are aware of what testosterone does so just know that uh if you're overweight you are in trouble and you're in trouble now more than you have ever been now at the same time they put out a study of how much uh short brisk daily walk could lower your health risk they talk about uh, an 11 minute brisk walk every day or walking 75 minutes a week will lower your risk of stroke, heart disease, and a number of cancers. All right, this is all new, uh, all part of a new study from Cambridge University. Researchers looked at 196 peer-reviewed articles, which included more than 30 million study participants. Wow. And my son uh, at Better You Performance, betteryouperformance.com, is a big believer of get out and move. Believe me, I hear it from him almost daily. So 75 minutes of moderate exercise a week or an 11 minute brisk walk per day was found to reduce the risk of developing cancer by 7% and heart disease by 17%. For head and neck cancer, uh, gastric cardiac cancers, the decrease in risk was between 14 and 26%. For other cancers like breast or colon cancer, the reduction in risk with moderate exercise was lower at 3 to 11%. So get out and do a little vigorous walking for 11. I'm sorry, they didn't use vigorous. Brisk. Brisk walk every day for 11 minutes, will you? Yeah, make that happen. It's good for you. And uh, just make it a part of your lifestyle. Habits. Form habits. I feel like I'm talking to my son. All right, let's, enough about uh, health. Let's talk about disease for a little bit, shall we? Uh, a rare muscle disease in children linked to a specific single genetic mutation, multisystemic smooth muscle dysfunction syndrome, affects fewer than 1,000 people in the U.S. with symptoms often baffling doctors. So a mass general team of investigators from a Massachusetts General Hospital, 
Um, uh, Massachusetts General Brigham, a mass general for children, has identified the first time this mutation for a young patient responsible for, for the extremely rare disease, which is known, as I said, as the multi-systemic smooth muscle dysfunction syndrome, which causes profound cerebral, vascular, gastrointestinal, and urolo- uro- urologic impairment. Oh, I can't even say those words. Uh, cerebrovascular, gastrointestinal, and urologic impairment. That does not like sound like fun. But at least we've identified the single variant in the microRNA gene, the, MI, the MIR145-5P, as the source of the multisystemic smooth muscle dysfunction syndrome, which had gone undiagnosed in a child and other children for years. So we're on it, all right? We're getting used to it. Now, I didn't realize that there was such a thing as a smooth muscle, and I'm not sure that this actually has anything to do with the with this particular disease but the smooth muscle is an involuntary non-striated type of vertebrae muscle capable of slow rhythmic involuntary contractions smooth muscle also called an involuntary muscle is that like restless leg syndrome compared to skeletal and cardiac muscles smooth muscles are not striated their name shows that they have the smooth outlook. I think that's right, striated, right? S-T-R-I-A-T-E-D. Their name shows that they have a smooth outlook and such muscles are used in the body system to apply force to vessels of the blood and other body organs. So, you know, be careful out there, all right? You gotta have your smooth, your smooth muscles. Speaking of uh, other diseases and smooth muscles, I see where Justin Bieber has canceled all the remaining dates of his Justice World Tour. And it has to do with his uh, facial paralysis, the Ramsey Hunt Syndrome. And he wanted to, you know, he said he canceled some of his tour dates early on because he wanted to make health a priority. And now the rest of the tour is canceled. He was supposed to play in uh, some more shows in the U.S., uh, Australia, Europe, and those have all been canceled. So if you have tickets, you will get automatically get your money back. Uh, if you you can check with the point of purchase for refunds for your show dates. I know, I know, I know, I know. Dry your eyes. But uh, Ramsey Hunt syndrome is when shingles outbreak affects the facial nerve near someone's ears, resulting in paralysis of parts of the face. It cannot be passed from one person to another, but it is a complication from shingles, which is linked to chickenpox virus that many people can get when they're children. So it has absolutely nothing to do with the vaccine. Okay, don't even don't even think about saying that it had something to do with that. Okay, because I won't hear of it. <laughs> I will not hear of it. Let's go to the break room. <laughs> I don't want it. No, don't even, don't think about it. Don't think it at all. Okay. It had nothing to do with him getting the vaccine for COVID-19. Not one single thing to do with it. Stop thinking about it. Let's go to the break room. Get something cold to drink. I know I need something cold to drink desperately. So Los Angeles County is going to pay the wife of the late basketball superstar Kobe Bryant 
nearly $29 million to settle a lawsuit over the allegations that sheriff officers and firefighters shared gruesome photos of the helicopter crash that killed Kobe and his 13-year-old daughter. So it's all taken care of now. It's over. And I guess we are holding those people who engaged, according to Mrs. Bryant, in this grotesque conduct. Uh, She fought for her husband and her daughter and all those in the community, according to her attorney. I guess all those in the community are going to share on the $28.85 million. So that includes the $15 million that the jury in a federal court awarded Vanessa Bryan in August in the case after finding that firefighters and deputies violated her privacy and caused her emotional distress. Wow. Uh, She sued Los Angeles County alleging invasion of privacy after accusing members of the sheriffs and fire departments of sharing images of the crash in unofficial settings, including patrons in a bar. (sighs) The attorney representing the county in the case, the attorney representing the county in the case, yeah, the settlement was fair and reasonable. Was it $28.85 million? Uh, I, boy, holy cow. Uh, she added that it resolves all outstanding issues related to the pending legal claims in the state court, future claims by the Bryant children and other costs with each party responsible for its respective attorney's fees. So the Bryant attorneys made a little bit of cash and so did the, uh, so did Kobe's wife and kids and get over it. You can't sue us again uh, anymore. We'll see how, we'll see how that works out. But, uh, so it's over, at least on the Bryant's behalf, for $28.85 million from Los Angeles County. <sighs> well, congratulations. Well, congratulations. I see where Jelaine Maxwell has asked the U.S. Appeals Court to throw out her conviction for helping the uh, financier Jeffrey Epstein uh, sexually abuse teenage girls, saying she was immune from prosecution and citing a slew of errors that allegedly tainted her trial. So she asked the appeals court uh, that if her conviction and the underlying indictment were not thrown out, she deserved a new trial or a resentencing. So, Jelaine, 61, serving 20 years in prison after the jury convicted her in December of 2021 on five charges for recruiting and grooming four girls for abuse by Epstein between 94 and 2004. Now, of course, Jeffrey Epstein uh, died, or did he, uh, in 2019. She claimed that a jury member, uh, she accuses a jury member of bias and continues the argument that Maxwell became a scapegoat following, well, yes, she claims that she was a scapegoat, no problem. Uh, The government prosecuted Ms. Maxwell as a proxy for Jeffrey Epstein to satisfy public outrage. Hello. Uh, She goes on to talk about the five-year statute of limitations that passed when Maxwell was charged. The judge who oversaw Maxwell's trial made crucial errors and inhumane jail conditions, left Maxwell malnourished and sleep-deprived, putting her at a disadvantage at trial. She was so disoriented and diminished that she was unable to meaningfully assist in her own defense, much less to testify. So we'll see how it works. A lack of access to her attorneys. She talked about uh, rats in her jail cell vermin i believe she called them 
Uh, and so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens to uh, Jelaine Maxwell. Uh, does she get out? She's still the scapegoat. So good luck. You know, I talked about not uh, going to see Cocaine Bear, which I'm very disappointed about. And I'm getting to it. Okay, just leave me alone. But do we talk about uh, the company behind Sharknado is set to release uh, Attack of the Meth Gator. (laughs) So be ready for more animals on drugs movies coming out since since Cocaine Bear has been such a huge hit. Uh, There was also, you know, a big thread on... uh, Cocaine Bear 2, you know, <laughs> Cocaine Bear 2, Kilo Fun, Cocaine Bear 2, Cocaine Bear 3, The Line, The Final Line, The Straw That Broke the Bear's Nose, something like that. Uh, there's plenty of other names going on, so be ready for at least Cocaine Bear 2 and for sure Attack of the Meth Gator. I mean, maybe we have, uh, we already have um, Attack of the Meth Gator on, but could we already could have number two in the works, right? Uh, filmed at Gatorland. <laughs> meth Gators, <laughs> the, the revenge of Gators, uh, the revenge of Gatorland. Meth Gators on the rampage. That would be, uh, hello, that's what we need. I should write that up. We should make that happen. Or I was reading a story where they found these ancient eggshells that are now more on uh, on the island of Madagascar, and they the eggshells they're believed to be more than twelve hundred years old, and so these eggs laid eggs bigger these uh, they're bigger than footballs, and so they were part of these birds called elephant birds that didn't fly, and so we could have the attack. Of the elephant birds. (laughs) Now that would be awesome. I mean, according to these scientists who've been studying, I mean, one one guy got a $25,000 grant to study the evolutionary elusive elephant bird. And they believe that uh, if you were to arrive on the island of Madagascar you would have seen this elephant bird that was nine feet tall, more than 1,500 pounds, outfitted with a pointy beak and a deadly foot talons. (laughs) How would you like to see that coming at you? I know. Elephant bird. Feathery terror. What say you, oh great elephant bird? Nine feet tall, 1,500 pounds, giant beak, and giant talons. <laughs> That's better than Meth Gator, I'll tell you that. Although, still going to see Meth Gator. So who died today? Who died today? Horror film legend, Rico Browning, played all the bad guys, starred as Gill Man and Creature from the Black Lagoon. 
he has uh, passed away from natural causes at the age of 93. He was the last surviving actor to play one of the Universal Classic Monsters. Uh, he, that was in the 1954 Classic uh, <laughs> Creature from the Black Lagoon. I mean, he was an actor and stuntman. He went on to produce uh, the Dolphin Tail Flipper for both the small and big screen. He worked uh, in Florida for a long time. His dad did a lot of a lot of animal movies, but he worked at uh, Wikiwachi in Florida, and then he went to Florida State University, and then he said that he learned to hold his breath for a really long time, which made it even scarier in the movies but he said uh, I developed a breathing technique that enabled me to hold my breath for so long that it gave people you know that's what gave people the nightmares you breathe from the end of an air hose uh, it was like you're in a backyard and you have a hose running you drink what you want and you let the rest spill out ask how long he was able to hold his breath Gilman actor said if you're not doing anything at all four minutes is possible but not if you're moving in the water if you're swimming fast or fighting you use up a lot of oxygen and it cuts down uh cuts down at the most uh, to two minutes so very sad one of the final final classic horror movie guys passes away rico browning dead at the age of 93 then we have uh who died today diego barria uh is passed away at the age of 32 he's been missing since the 18th of february when he went out for a ride in his atv the vehicle was found a couple days later near a beach but there were no signs of him well uh they found the missing the missing argentina man's body uh inside a shark so (laughs) now i don't know it doesn't say here i guess i guess the shark jumped out of the water and took him off the atv on the beach i don't know it doesn't say it just says the vehicle was found on the beach is it possible that uh you know someone fed him to the shark sure it said that uh, when they searched the beach, they located his helmet, which was dented and broken near the chin area. Okay. Now, they said that uh, his body was discovered by two fishermen in Argentina, father of three, after he vanished. So they caught the shark, and then uh, it was just, uh, hey, he's inside the shark. Huh, interesting how that uh, how that happened, isn't it? Sure, it's just coincidence. Sure, it's just coincidence. And if you're asking yourself, hey, how did they know it was him? Well, the fisherman said we cut open the shark's belly and we found a forearm with a tattoo. So it's like the beginning of a CSI episode. Uh, and uh, the... The uh, forearm had a the the tattoo that was on the forearm was a Josephina, that's what the tattoo said, and that's the same tattoo that our man Diego Barria had on his forearm. So Diego Barria dead at the age of thirty-two.
and I know it could have very well been an accident and, uh, you know, something terrible could have happened. But, uh, and it was in Argentina, so it has nothing to do with what I'm telling you now. <laughs> Except that uh, the crime rates in the United States, according to the FBI, that nearly half of all murders are left unsolved. Uh, now would be a good time for you to maybe, you know, think about well, you know what I'm talking about. So according to uh, two nonprofit organizations, the Marshall Project and the Murder Accountability Project, and I love both those projects, uh, homicide clearance rates, uh, the rate at which murders are solved, uh, duh, dropped from 71% in 1980 to an all-time low of 50% in 2020. And that's based on the most recent numbers released by the FBI. Uh, They will release 2021 data later this year. I will say that perhaps it has to do maybe uh, with a a couple of things, and I'm getting ahead of the story a little bit, but, uh, you know, more murders. So, you know, they have more cases, and, you know, the FBI, along with other police departments, are down on police officers. I don't know if the FBI is short on uh, special agents, but they, you know, police departments are. And... uh, also, I would say that I bet you there's a number of inner city murders that take place that are multiple murders by one shooter that they don't know who the mur- you know who the sh- murderer is. So that kind of skews those numbers as well. But in the story, it said the FBI reported that at least 400 murders in 2020 were cleared by exceptional means which indicates that the police believed they had enough evidence that were unsuccessful in making an arrest. In these cases, it could mean that the suspect died, could not be extradited, or prosecutors chose not to press charges. Wow, that's interesting. But the law enforcement solved 1,200 more homicides than the previous year. At the same time, homicides increased, of course, by 30%. So one of every two homicide cases was considered solved. During that same time period, the national clearance rates for rape were 30%, assault 40%, robbery 27%, burglaries, thefts, and arsons had the lowest clearance rate between 14 and 21%. We're on the verge of being the first developed nation where the majority of homicides go uncleared. That's Thomas Hargrove, founder of the Murder Accountability Project. So there you have it in the United States. Good times. Keep keep bad mouth of the police. Keep saying that uh, you're not going to arrest people for doing crimes. And it's only going to get better. Right? Right. Oh, and uh, Rick Singer, the mastermind behind the infamous college admission scandals, Operation Varsity Blues. <laughs> Operation Varsity Blues is still going. Kevin. Tonight's episode. Uh, tonight's episode. Country Blues. So, uh, Rick Singer, the mastermind behind it all, uh, was sentenced to three and a half years behind bars. They were asking for a lot more. I would have liked to have seen him uh, get a lot more. What they did do, a number of these parents... Uh, over the scandal is embarrassing to me. 
this whole Operation Varsity Blues thing is agonizing. And remember, Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman went to jail. Uh, Lori was there for a couple of months. Felicity was there for like 11 days. Those two weeks were supposed to be more than, it's supposed to be like 14 days. But here on Chewing the Fat, we called it. There was no way she was going to serve more than uh, 11 days. And that was correct. But I would have liked to have seen Rick Singer get a whole lot more. Uh-huh. Uh, no doubt about that. Now, he is in prison in Florida. He just turned himself in to the uh, federal prison, Camp Pensacola in Florida. I wonder... Uh, how the old Camp Pensacola in Florida prison is. I bet it's not this. I bet it's not super max. <laughs> I don't know that though. I don't know that. And prison is prison. Okay, so I'm not joking around about that. So prison is prison. But it's good to know that at least finally, finally, the streets are safe without Rick Singer, the mastermind behind. Operation Varsity Blues. Yeah. Oh, it started again. Apparently, I pushed the wrong button. Ah. Operation Varsity Blues. Got it. Tonight's episode starring Lee Merriweather. I freaking love that show open so much. It's just, I just love it. So I know it's just me. Sorry. Oh, breaking news uh, as we record here, Chewing the Fat today. If you're listening live, today is the 1st of March. The 1st of March. <sighs> 3 one already. Uh, if you're listening live on this day, uh, actor Tom Sizemore, we talked about him uh, having an aneurysm and being in really bad shape. Well, we're getting news now that the family believes that uh, he cannot go on. He's there deciding end-of-life matters right now. So coming to a Who Died Today segment very soon, actor Tom Sizemore. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at JeffyJFR. Uh, Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. You can follow me on uh, my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You can always email the show, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. You can order a cameo from me at, uh, at JeffyJFR on Cameo. That's not free. Uh, that'll cost you a couple bucks, but I'll do what you want. I'll be mean, I'll be happy, I'll be glad, I'll be sad. I'll be mean, I'll be happy, I'll be glad, I'll be sad. That's my cameo song. And uh, so you can do that as well. And thank you for uh, subscribing to this daily podcast, Chewing the Fat. So we always talk about how when pilots do bad things and when airlines do bad things, I wanted to mention an easy jet flight from Iceland to England. They were all happy because the pilot made a 360-degree turn over the North Sea to let the passengers on both sides of the plane see the amazing display of the Northern Lights. So thank you to the pilot of the EasyJet 
plane that went ahead and did the big 360 turn so that everyone would be able to see the northern lights. Uh, all right, we're going to turn this thing around. We're going to make a great big circle. So uh, both sides, uh, both sides of the plane, now look out your window. You'll be able to see the northern lights. Thank you. This is your captain speaking. I mean, that's awful. That's nice. That's nice. Then we have the, the uh, airline story. It has nothing to do with uh, the, uh, the help. With the sky waitresses, but it has to do with the lady who was pissed because the guy sitting next to her in the middle seat had a whole box, a full box of barbecue ribs, fries, and some kind of other thing in the box. There's a picture of it. It looks good, man. Those barbecue ribs and fries look really, really good in the picture, man. I am not kidding. Uh, barbecue sauce, oh, buttered corn on the cob, and a whole side of chips, which is fries, since this is, uh, the plane was going uh, from uh, Glasgow Airport. And so this lady said that uh, this guy bought this substantial takeaway from Frankie and Benny's. So if you are ever in Glasgow and you want to get Frankie and Benny's barbecue ribs and chips along with corn on the cob, I would do so. Because that box looks good. So she was pissed because they got they boarded the plane. And after taking a seat in the middle row, the man just cracked open the old box and started eating his ribs and fries. Awesome. I love him. What a hero. And I'd be a little, you know, it's kind of agonizing in a small space of an airplane. You got the guy eating the ribs. But we've all had people eat whatever they order and it smells like, you know, it's like, oh, who's eating that? Come on. And so you got to try to, you know, get past it. But uh, she snapped a picture of it and it's now, you know, gone viral. And, uh, you know, the rest, uh, she captioned the image. No chance is the guy next to me eating a full check, full rack of ribs plus sides on this plane. Get the F out. Now, since it's gone viral and everyone is commenting on it, uh, people have, uh, you know, some people are mad and some people are happy. I don't even like using my laptop in the middle seat. Uh, there's a short list of foods that should be illegal to sell in an airport. Yeah, you shouldn't have ribs sold at an airport. They probably cost a pretty penny too, man. A rack of ribs and fries at an airport, $8 million, please. <laughs> uh, one, uh, one user said, hey, get revenge. Go to the, keep going to the bathroom because <laughs> she's next to the window right so she everybody has to get up for her to move and uh some a man also said that he should be sent to jail for inflicting his choice of meal on other passengers now i know that's funny stuff and people don't really mean that or don't they i mean we hear a lot of stuff about social media these days but what a, i mean the guy awesome uh, take some guts man take some guts i would feel bad I would feel bad because, you know, the whole plane is just going to be permeated with your rib smell and fries. <laughs> but I got to tell you, the picture uh, makes the ribs look awesome. Uh, so if you have that opportunity, like I said, if you happen to be flying from uh, out of Glasgow and uh, <laughs> out a minute, you might want to stop off at Frankie and Benny's and get yourself a yourself a rack of ribs and some fries would be awesome now they look much better than what you would get at noma the three michelin star restaurant that's topped the world's 50 best restaurants at least five times 
Uh, it said it was closing in 2024, and foodies were quick to mourn the impending death of this particular Noma, which is in Copenhagen. Okay, So this British journalist, Farrah Storr, uh, had gone to Noma, and her review was not good. It's, the, it's a great story. She talks about how her and her husband have been wanting to try Chef René Rezepi's edible opus for the past decade, noting that it was impossible to get a table. We were finally able to snag a lunch reservation with the juice pairing. Uh, the meal ran about 700 bucks a person, about the cost of a second-hand Ford Fiesta. <laughs> and it was hardly worth it. Uh, you go with high expectations, gold star stuff. Uh, she was well acquainted with the restaurant and the sort of unorthodox foods she might be served. Uh, you might find ants on your plate or reindeer brain custard, as we did. They didn't have any beluga lung, though, as we talked about yesterday. So apparently uh, Noma in Copenhagen does not serve fresh beluga lung meat. But that could be coming to a Noma near you soon. Uh, maybe even reindeer penis, which they also were served. Man, I'll tell you what. There is nothing that sounds better than a reindeer brain custard along with reindeer penis. Done right? You, you can't top that. You can't. So it was also cold, uh, served in a cold, nutty salad. They don't reveal exactly what's in your said salad until the very end when they pass you the menu with half a smirk. And I'm okay with that. I mean, you look that's what you kind of look forward to. And she said the entire kitchen staff greeted all the diners upon entry and that they also were a little stuck up, all of them, okay? And there were 15 courses served for the $1,400 lunch for two. So you're in a hoity-toity place with all the, with all the bourgeois, and uh, you're eating at Noma, and they're serving you whatever it is they want to. And you are going to love it, whether you want to or not. So the dining experience began with a cup of tepid tea that was proffered as though it was a bowl of Mayan gold. <laughs> so uh, the diners were then greeted by the entire kitchen staff. And every server seemingly looked the same. The chefs uttered the familiar, yes, each time a dish was ready to be served. It was fun at first, but an hour into lunch, it felt like oral torture. <laughs> she is strange and frightening, slavish devotion. She referred to it as Noma Core. When I left some of my reindeer brain custard inside the skull in which it was served... Uh, as did the table behind us, by the way. Not because it was essentially brain juice, but because it was chalky and unpleasant. The waitresses looked angry, and she went to the waitress looked angry, and she went to lift my plate. Not comfortable with the alcohol. I explained that that was not the case at all. Rather, that the texture rendered it difficult to eat. There was no smile, no apology, only a sneer. I felt as though I had somehow failed Noma. <laughs> Two courses later, hubby wants to go to the bathroom, but the uh, waitress says, your next course is coming. You'll have to wait. So they wouldn't even let him go to the bathroom. <laughs> but they did bring him another cup of tepid tea that tasted as though someone had put their Marlboro Red out in it. And maybe they did. They may have. That was the chef's way of making it different. Just put your cigarette butt out in it. 
Uh, you just, you know, you don't know. So also she left her teacup half full and she was scolded. Could you at least appreciate it? <laughs> so they got their dishes, one which included a saffron ice cream dish that tasted simultaneously like Play-Doh and nothing at all. Noting a server commented, not a fan of saffron. No, not a fan of ice cream that tastes like Barbie's legs. I wanted to scream, but I didn't. Noma was beginning to feel less like a treat and more like an endurance test. By the end of our meal, Storr questioned her own journalistic integrity, racking her brain about why she wasn't enjoying the meal. Was the problem us? Then she realized other diners were rejecting their cold plates of food as well. So now it's more like a cult than a restaurant. And what's worse, they left hungry. So there's a, that's a great review of Noma in Copenhagen. Just awesome. But she got to taste, you know, a little, little reindeer penis. Yum, yum. I, I mean, I think I really would rather have beluga whale lung than reindeer penis served cold for lunch. No, thank you. You know what? I'll take the rack of ribs <laughs> with corn on the cob and a whole side of chips from Frankie and Johnny's in Glasgow way before I go to Noma's in Copenhagen. Okay? Plus, I'd rather have either the ribs or today is National Peanut Butter Lover's Day. I'd rather have a little peanut butter. Uh, just a little peanut butter. I don't know if I'd like to have it on uh, what she calls Barbie's legs. <laughs> I'm not a fan of ice cream that tastes like Barbie's legs. <laughs> I'm not sure what Barbie's legs taste like, but between the reindeer brain custard and the reindeer penis and the tea that tasted like a Marlboro red cigarette butt had been put out in it, I got a pretty good idea that what the ice cream tasting like Barbie's legs tasted like. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.